and that third party government is the United States. Uh, of course dun, dun, it was the United dun. States. Oh my god. Welcome back to Conspiracy Snacks in Tinfoil Hats. I'm Avalon, and I'm here with my co-conspirator, Connor <laughs> Kenworthy. You, you didn't say your last name. I don't want people to know that. <laughs> you say mine, but you won't say yours. You're exposed. No, You're fine, Avalon Gubernick. And Connor Kenworthy. Co-conspirators. Yes. Today, we bring you... The Malaysian airline flight 370. But first, Connor, what snacks are we having today? Today, wait, we have to make our airplanes. I know. Today Why we're don't you explain that. Okay, so we were discussing on what kind of snack we were gonna have while we did um, conspiracy snacks and tinfoil hats today. And our friend suggested, so we were decided we were gonna cover for our first one, the Malaysian airline. Um, flight 370 and our friend said you should make airplanes like paper airplanes but out of fruit roll-ups and then we were talking like snakes on a plane so we also got literal actual gummy snakes not gummy worms gummy snakes they're called twin snakes twin snakes you have to rip them apart they're kind of like kit kats but so right now we're making so we're currently in the process of making the airplane and see whose is better. Oh, mine's going to be way better. But also, I feel bad wasting these because these things are really good. What? Well, I guess I can eat them. At the yeah, end. what are you talking about? We're not going to waste them. I have I the spend good money on this. ones, which are the best. Wait, which one did I get? I don't know. I took all the strawberry ones because my mom. Wow, true friend. Also, these have You're freaking... You're the true friend. Oh, no. These have unicorn... Tattoos on them. Mine doesn't have cool. any tattoos. You took <laughs> only the strawberry <laughs> ones have the tattoos. You thought that's funny. Oh my gosh! And then it crashes, never to be seen again. Or did it? Oh look, look how good it is. Wait, we should take a photo of our airplanes and put it on Instagram. Have. Our followers oh, decide us whose oh, airplane is better. Well, okay, mine's good, but it's not stable. People never, never gonna listen to us. <laughs> We're making freaking paper airplanes. <laughs> I think it's very fun. If they don't want to listen, they could just fast forward. No, we don't want skippers on our podcast. There's skippers on every podcast. I am a skipper. Same. Well, not all the I time. I only skip ads though. Ugh, ads are the worst. We're gonna have to do them sometime, maybe. Yes. Okay. Do you have your airplane? Did you even put snakes on yours? Because oh. that's the whole point. Yours looks okay. better. No. Yeah, it does. I give myself a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me show you. Is this supposed to be a maple leaf? Uh uh. That's what it looks like. It's supposed to be a crown. Oh. That said, unicorn. Here, I'll try this one. It's stop. I hate you. I just want a tattoo. 
Okay, mine looks way better than yours. Mine's way better. Yours just looks like a triangle with snakes on it. It's literally a paper airplane. I thought about what we were supposed to make. Okay. So, I don't... You're really, first. Okay, I'm first. Stop Did talking you with your mouth full. <laughs> <laughs> People are never going to listen to us. We're so unprofessional. Okay, um, so I'm first. So, I'm going to cover the history of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. So, um, I pretty much only listened to that podcast <laughs> and like copied all of their information. Um, it was conspira conspiracy. They're literally theories. just called conspiracy theories. Um, very good podcast. Very, very good. informative. Very informative. They're Way well more. researched and everything sounds very professional. That's not how it's going to be on here. <laughs> no, I'm. I just have lots of question marks in my notes. I'm very passionate about what I found out. <laughs> okay, I'm, I, let me get through this so we can get to the fun stuff. So, um, Malaysian Air, Airlines, it was March 8th, 2014, and they were on a commercial Boeing 777. Mm -hmm. um, and then I wrote this out the way it sounded when they said it, but they were flying from... Uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to yes. Beijing, China. Yes. Um, the original flight was supposed to take like five hours, five and a half hours. Um, there were 227 passengers on board with 12 crew members. Um, but that Don't steal that. Okay. <laughs> we'll save that. <laughs> we'll save that for later. Um, so this Boeing 777 was the largest model to ever fly. Um, and it has about one-fifth, this was super interesting, it's about one-fifth mm -hmm. the power of a space shuttle um, and is considered one of the safest airplanes currently flying in the world. Obviously not safe enough. <laughs> I kind of said it when we were talking about it, but like this is really stressing me out because I'm supposed to go fly on an airplane in two weeks and I don't do well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, oh, so this flight, um, it talks about how in August 9th in 2012, there was <laughs> so <Ooh>. this flight. <laughs> so this flight was um, landing in a in another airport, um, and the passengers all of a sudden felt a sudden jolt um, because the plane had collided with a another airplane on the tarmac. Um, but so that typically doesn't happen. So just kind of super random can, that happened. Can what? you? Do you know what part of the plane was damaged? No, what? Okay. I'm just going to no, add yeah, this. No, no, no. I'm, please add. I'm going to add it now because it comes into play with one of the theories okay. later on. No, I, please. So in this accident, it. yeah, it ran into a, a different airplane, but the whole right wing of the Boeing 777 broke off. Like a whole six feet of it broke off. Yeah. And was embedded into the other plane. Yes. I remember that. I just yes. did not write I'm that into I'm just going to add that because it's a little bit important for Okay, later. okay, okay, deal. <laughs> um, so it got stuck, but then it went through like a whole bunch of like, they fixed it and it went through all of its tests and everything said it was, should have been good to fly and there was nothing um, abnormal about it. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the people that were on board. So first was Captain Zahari Malad Shah. He was the, the main pilot. Um, and they talked about how he had been a commercial pilot since 1983. 
and he had about um, 18,365 flying hours. So he was well-experienced um, since 1983, so what, to 2000? He was 56. When this happened? When this happened. Okay. So he had a lot of flying hours. But 1983, this flight took off 2014. Yes, yeah, so... You can do the math, because <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> a what, lot of years. Yeah, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> I don't do math, so... Okay, um, so they talked about this Captain Zahari Malad Shah. He was um, super involved in his community, and he was super nice, um, and he like did everything for his family, and everyone loved him. But then a couple months before, he they said that, I'll let you kind of get into it more, but things kind of changed. Um, and then he ended up, like his family, he ended up in separation. Were they yeah, ever officially they divorced? Him. No. Or were they just separated? They left three days before the flight took off. Yes. It didn't say they were divorced, but they left the, they the wife separated. and kids moved out. Okay. And then next on the flight was the co-pilot. His name was Fabrik Abdul Hamid. Um, and he joined Malaysian Airlines in 2007. And then it said, I we learned that flight 370 was his final training flight, which mm-hmm. was super interesting. So he was, I would say, like pretty well-versed as well and could handle yeah. himself. Um, and then they talked about how there were a bunch of people on this uh, flight from a company called Freescale Semiconductor. Also on this flight, there were two newlyweds on a delayed honeymoon, and that made me sad. So yeah, there was a baby. It was just a 23-month-old. Oh my gosh, we're going to get there. There was a 23-month-old child was the youngest. There were people from 13 different countries. Um, And then there were two people. You can talk about that. Do you want me to bring them up? Yeah. So Alan will probably cover it more, but there were two people on this flight who lied about their like nationality to get on the flight. They're Iranian. Yes. And they used stolen passports. Yes. To get on the flight. But they were not they were flagged at any point of the security process. They were cleared and they got on. Yes. And later uh, they told us that they were actually asylum seekers. Um, but I'm sure Avalon And are pretty good more. dudes. There's yeah. nothing really suspicious about them. So, okay. So getting to the flight, um, it was about 10 p.m. Everyone was boarding, getting ready. Um, they were going to get there probably about 6 a.m. Um, they started boarding, and then everyone got on. There was no issues. Everyone just kind of got on, and everyone was getting ready. It was a red eye, so, I mean, everyone was just going to try to sleep. And then when they woke up, they were going to hopefully be in Beijing. <laughs> at 12.40 a.m., the flight left the airstrip in Malaysia, and then at 12.50, they were supposed to make – they made their first handoff, so the the pilots were in communication with the – traffic control of the airport, and then they had to hand off to the Malaysian airspace. Um, and so at 12.50, they um, said goodnight. So what's really cool is that they say goodnight when they're saying goodbye, like, have a good night. And they're greeted by the next traffic control by saying good morning. So that went off without a hitch. Everything was good. Um, and then they, they flew for a little bit longer, and they then reached the end um, of Malaysia's air flight space, and so they had to do another um, handoff. This to is where Vietnam. it gets to Vietnam, yes. So this is where it gets interesting. Um, so they said goodnight to Malaysian airspace. Um, and then this handoff usually takes seconds, but sometimes up to a few minutes. And Which if it's called a black spot. Yeah, so a black spot is when it is silent, um, and but that usually doesn't last very long. So but what happened was they said goodnight and then 
They never said good morning to Vietnam, um, their airspace. And the Flight 370 never showed up on Vietnam's radar. They just kind of um, disappeared. Literally disappeared. So they then got into that there's all these different types of ways that are meant to track a plane. There was um, the a transponder that originally kind of sounded like a black box to me, but then there was... No, it the, is a black box. So that is the black box? Because yes. they talk about trying to find the black box. But um, So that is tracked with ra- radar, and it can be used to identify the planes, their distances and speeds. Um, and then no pilot is given ever permission to turn off the transponder or like mess with it without permission from air traffic control. And then, so right after this, though, they said goodnight. Um, Malaysian airspace on their radar was able to see that there was a 30-degree change in where um, the plane veered off its directed course, um, and they started to fly out over the the South China Sea. Um, And that's kind of when they lost contact. So at 121, the transponder was lost, um, so they could no longer track um, the plane that way. So both communication systems were lost within minutes. And then there was another system called ACARS. It was a really long acronym. I didn't write it out. It's it's aircraft Communication Addressing and Reporting System. It's, yes, ACARS. <laughs> um, and it uh, sends information back to the airline manufacturer, like engine performance and fuel consumption. Um, and so there's actually two on the flight. There's one in the cockpit, um, a bullet above the pilot's heads um, and there's also one in the cabin above the heads of the passengers to be able to track like cabin pressure and like oxygen use and and stuff like that um, so at 121 um, it registers in the cabin that there are normal speed and pressures and then at 122 these trans or a cars also turned off how they turn off I don't know so ultimately this plane was just now flying blind over the South China Sea um, Fun. But then, so one radar system was able to kind of keep track of them. It was the L- Malaysian military. And so they, after, so they originally had the flight and it veered 30 degrees off its course after it lost like verbal communication. And then after it lost its other communications from the transponder and A cars, um, the Malaysian military saw that it made a hard right, like into like towards the ocean again, but then immediately turned around and turned left which is nuts to me to think about that because there was a flight where I was flying and my sister-in-law's mother was on the same flight as me. So we ended up talking and it was super foggy over Salt Lake. So we just kept circling and like I could feel every turn of that plane. And like we weren't even turning because like she, my sister-in-law's mom was like, we've we've been circling. Like she didn't even know, but I could feel everything. So I'm imagining like a plane literally like a sharp, like skirting. around and i would probably vomiting like not and also far. not very comforting because planes just don't do that no <laughs> imagine like being asleep though and you have like that dream where you're like falling and you like jerk awake but it's real the planes just <laughs> making a 180 uh it's like crazy so the plane ultimately yeah like you said pulls a 180 and it starts flying back towards malaysia um satellite there was another one that could kind of like track the location but it was like from satellites and it was like ping so i think of like uh find my friends how it like updates like every couple minutes and you get kind of where they're at but But, okay so these ones don't it doesn't tell you where 
they are. No. It just says how fast you're going. Yeah, because it, it calculates like the distance it is away from the satellite. Yeah. So it doesn't say where it is, but it's like you can see like, oh, at ping one minute, it was this much far away. And That's then at the true. next minute. You can minute, get a general idea. Yeah. So you can kind of get, if you kind of know their direction, I feel like you could kind of track yeah. where they're going. That's kind of how they were able to track for a little bit. Um, and so this, that pinging to the satellites was on for seven hours. And so they were able to kind of calculate that the plane was still traveling about 600 miles per hour. Um, and then it kept pinging for seven hours until it just stopped. So if we go back to Beijing, it's now, um, like six o'clock in the morning, the plane should be there and Beijing doesn't really know what happened. So they just kind of say keep delaying the plane and everyone's like what the heck this plane was supposed to be here forever ago so at 8 30 um in the morning the malaysian government then announces that the plane is missing and everyone starts to like lose their minds They're like how do you lose a freaking airplane um so then a full military operation begins on march 9th they ultimately discover that there's some oil in the gulf of thailand so they think that's the plane so they ship like a ton of people out there to go searching for it and they find that the oil was not from the plane but just from a passing ship that was leaking oil so that was super disheartening then they figured out about the two dudes that had fake passports and so they did a huge like in-depth search into them and just found out that they were asylum seekers and that they were like using false identities and so they couldn't really attach anything to them like they didn't really have any malicious intent that they could see um and then so then they were starting to stress out um because they were running out of time to find survivors because obviously if it's in the ocean you don't want people to drown so they found out about the 180 degree turn and so they oh so then so they didn't originally know about the 180 degree turn that came out later so they were looking in the south china sea found out that they did the 180 degree turn and that it kept going for seven hours and so then they're like crap it's probably in the indian ocean which then it said that the Indian Ocean was like the most like treacherous ocean, which I didn't know about. So that was super kind of fascinating. And so they didn't tell anyone about that at first uh, because the military was afraid. This is why they didn't know and they were looking in the South China Sea. The Malaysian government was scared to let its neighboring countries know that how good its radar was. So the fact that they could watch it do the 180 and then start to fly over the Indian Ocean. They didn't want um, to cause political unrest. Well, so they were... Cause political unrest. It did. <laughs> so they kind of like kept that to themselves for a while until it was too late, like until they couldn't anymore and they had to let people know that it was actually over the Indian Ocean. Um, and so they were trying to look. It's super deep. It was super windy and bad weather. They were trying to look over like 118 square miles and um so they reached out oh on march 12th they reached out to australia and were like please help us which props to australia i love them um their prime minister oh, we'll go back to australia <laughs> oh we're gonna go back to australia i will fight if you have any kind of conspiracy theory about australia i'm gonna fight for them. um so oh so then the australian prime minister pretty much said like being lost in the indian ocean was pretty much as lost as you could be like pretty much as close to nowhere so as you up. could be. No, they didn't <laughs> stop. We're not done yet. So, um, and then he, they made another comment too about how it took like 70 years to find the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean floor, but 
they knew its exact coordinates and it still took them that long. So they were worried. Um, so people, Yikes. so again, like the people whose fam- like families were affected by this Our and just peace. citizens, they were so mad. Um, they kept like going to the to the media and saying we won't let it go away. We want people to know that we were that we're here to stay until we figure out what happened. Um, so then, but they just kind of kept looking and they were trying to find the black box, and they didn't find any anything like literally nothing. They were trying to search a, the ocean the size of the United States for yeah. an airplane. So rough. Um, so in May two thousand fifteen. Um, was when that they kind of decided that it had been a whole year, it had been over a year, and the Prime Minister of Malaysia had to say, you know, they will never be forgotten, but we can't keep pumping money into this, you know, that whole political agenda. They spent of like $58 million. Oh, yeah, it was astronomical. Like, it cost them so much money for losing this airplane. Um, and so then that's kind of where it ended until some beach c- cleaners on a small tr- tropical island called St. Andre Reunion um, found just a piece of the, um, <laughs> your face. I am so annoyed right now because I want to know. What part of the was it? Oh, so they found um, a large yeah. sheet of metal over seven feet. Um, they alerted the authorities and that piece of metal contained a serial number that matched uh, Flight 370's uh, piece of their airplane. And the piece that was found was the right flapperon, which is part of the wing that maintains the momentum control. Um, so France started searching the water. France, so because it was a French um, commune, they told people to start searching the waters nearby, and they were able to find a suitcase, a water bottle, an Indo- Indonesia cleaning product, and, but then, so they were finding them from like over 4,000 miles away from where they thought the plane went down. And in June 2016, they found a wing flap halfway up of Africa. And um, yeah, they just, that's pretty much all they have found of the entire plane. So then, just really quickly, I wanted to cover, I mean, I'll probably argue them too. There's a, po- a couple possible occurrences that people think that could have happened, and one was a power in- interruption. Um, that could have caused like the communication to go down at first. Um, and that would be because they found um, evidence of a logon request being sent to their like system on the airplane. And that would only happen probably if the power like went out for a second. But they know the engines didn't go down, so they're still wondering like I didn't know that. <laughs> so so they know the engines didn't end, so it might have been like a manual power turn off and back on. I just got so, chills. Wait, I did not know that. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that can help you in some situations. Um, and then another one was the hypoxia. And this was on another article that I read, and I don't remember where I read it. I'm sorry. But it was talking about they know that the plane did that like really quick like turn, yeah. which would have a really – um increasing change of cabin pressure which like airplanes are equipped to have the drop down oxygen things but that oxygen usually only lasts like 15 minutes and so like if the plane's still flying but there's a change in oxygen and everyone passes out like the whole crew but the cabin pressure remained the same but up until it was cut off you don't know but from the pings no, but the pings didn't tell you the cabin pressure because the only, oh, they got the cabin pressure from no, no, the, no. the A-cars. But, yeah, but the A-cars, 
No, no, no. Just kidding. You're right. So the ACARS is the one that monitored cabin pressure, and that went down. So after that, it could have been, um, they could have all pretty much passed out. And then it ultimately said that um, with it flying, like if everyone passed out, it would have kept going until the engines ran out, and then it would have done a noseward dive. And they think that's pro probable because the piece of the wing they found didn't have its, it was the piece of the flapper on, um, was found, but it didn't have its like landing gear extended at all. So it wasn't like attempting to land. It was just out of control. And that's all they officially know about Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. Wow, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, tell I've me what... I've had to bite my tongue this whole time because let me tell you, this flight is crazy. Uh, yeah, I got that. And honestly, I don't even know where to start. I have so many just... There's just so much. It's so complex. So I think I'm going to start with a few background things that you didn't mention or didn't go deep into before I get into like actual theories because this information is like important to know in order to understand where the theories are like coming from. So the one thing we talked about was the accident on August 9th. So there was an accident. The whole right wing broke off. Very important to know. Um, another thing, just going more deep into the pilot, um, Captain Shaw. So, like Connor said, there he like had a like a Wait, good this is life. The pilot or the co-pilot? Pilot. Okay. And he was like very service oriented and was like always helping others. But weeks before the flight, his family reported that his personality had changed. He was more standoffish and reclusive and spent time in his flight simulator in his basement, which, okay, a pilot has a flight simulator, not that big of a deal, whatever. But this simulator was designed to function exactly like the cockpit of the Boeing 777, which is like a little bit more sketchy because it's like the same plane that disappeared. Um, and am I supposed to like argue with you yet about no? How it's not but weird? if you if you have anything to say, no, because okay, so obviously that's shady. But at the same time, so I was just thinking about how like we know that eventually like his wife and kids like leave the house. So like yeah, it's weird that he's like being reclusive yeah. in his in his basement. But at the same time, like if people just don't know that your marriage is going south, like you could easily just kind of like you know, like, that's your coping mechanism is flying because that's what you've done since 1983. Yeah, yeah not so, shady, but you know what is shady? What? Deleting flight data from your simulator days before the flight. But, okay, all yes. But, like, <laughs> is there any evidence of him doing that prior to that? Maybe he used to do it, yes. like, regularly. No, no, no. The CIA is, okay. So, FBI goes in. I can't remember if it's FBI or CIA. The FBI goes into his house and sees the flight data was deleted. And their official report is that there was no malicious intentions in the deleted data. Like it was any it wasn't anything crazy. But one of the simulations that was deleted was a flight taking a path over the South Indian Ocean. Which is low Going where though? Just going. Like it didn't have a destination. Mm -hmm. So, like, that causes concern because that's where the flight disappeared. So, the fact that he had a flight path going over that 
raised some concerns. Maybe it was just really therapeutic. It might have been. And I'm not... I honestly don't think it and was the pilot. I'm just presenting information yes. that supports some And theories. I'm just arguing all of it because no, I know. it's fun. And it's fine. But he just... He's not like the most trustworthy character. We're okay. not coming for him. I'm sorry, family, if you're listening and you're offended by this. <laughs> um, also, the co-pilot not... He's fine, but he's had like some background of breaking protocol by letting girls in the cockpit and just like doing weird stuff, but whatever, not important. Okay. So where am I even <laughs> gonna start? I don't even know. I'm still I was gonna make a joke about the cockpit, but bringing girls into the cockpit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So you're not even gonna ask what the joke was. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? What was the joke? I don't want to say. No, it. say it. To so say, did they let him into their cockpit? I hate that. I'm no. sorry. I was clever though. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. I feel like everyone would have thought of that same joke. Okay. Anyway, so ah, uh, it's there's so much I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna go from like the communication and tracking systems how those all went offline, which is not common, maybe one or two. And there's different theories, not even theories, like with that kind of plane, there's three possibilities of why that would happen or an event that would cause that to happen. One is a fire or system failure. But... Wait, this is causing... All the... The systems to go like down? Like the transponder, the ACARS, the satellite the Malaysian military, like all those went down. And so they're trying to figure out like why why they all went offline so fast. It wasn't like one at a time. They all went off within minutes, yeah. except for the satellite. But um, so one of the things that would cause that is a fire or a system failure. But if that happened, the antenna would have, the satellite antenna would have went offline within minutes. But on this flight, it took seven hours to go offline. So that's weird. So with with a, some something that would normally turn the other ones off, it would also turn off the satellite. Yeah, planes. it would have. They all would have went offline, okay. not like just those three, and then the satellite stay on for seven hours, which is weird. So that's something that's causes concern. Okay. Um, another reason that they would all go offline is if someone inside the plane sabotaged the plane and the flight and removed the circuit breaker but wait 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 circuit breaker yeah i didn't i, I, I didn't enunciate good no i know i understand what you said but like a circuit i just think of like house circuit breaker it's, wait, it's removed wait what happened you like remove it so and that's above the pilot's head in the cockpit oh okay. so that's why like people think maybe the pilot was like planning this mass suicide and removed the circuit breaker himself and caused the plane to go down. Um, but also someone inside the plane could have done that as well, which I will get to. But that's another way that all of them so, could explain it yeah. all going down. So wait, the circuit breaker, if you remove it, could it have been the cause of like how they thought like whatever it was that I said where like the power went out for a minute kind of thing? Yeah, could. Okay. 
which I didn't hear that information. So yeah, could explain that. Then there, those are the two official ways that people talk about. There's a third way that's like off the record that people don't talk about a lot. That's called remote cyber hijacking. The reason that people don't talk about it is because it uses this technology that isn't quote unquote officially used in commercial airlines, but we don't know if they're just like practicing it without telling us. But oh, basically sure. after 9-11, Boeing and this guy named Honeywell created this uninterrupted autopilot that keeps the plane on course in case of hijacking. So like if someone were to hijack the plane, the air control can like continue flying, continue flying the plane, land it safely, which is super cool Wait, technology. So what's the point of having a pilot then? Because pilot, it's still important, like, because then the government would just... But wouldn't that be safer? I don't think so. Because I feel like a pilot could see more dangers, like, coming ahead. True, and if there was, like, an, like uh, something where it failed, like, a yeah. pilot could still save it. And that's why they say it's not, like, officially implemented in commercial aircrafts. Because it's not something so secure and they don't, like, have it fine-tuned yet. But theorists suggest that this plane did have it and a third-party government hacked into this program and took over the plane. And that third-party government is the United States. Uh, of course dun, dun, it was the United dun. States. Oh so just to like kind of go into why a third-party government would try to take over this plane um, goes into a cargo manifest that the Malaysian government released prior or a couple months after where it tells like what the plane was carrying oh okay and so in the first manifest that they sent out it said that there was four thousand no five thousand four hundred pounds of lithium batteries which are used to like charge phones or whatever yeah wait aren't you like not allowed to take like lithium batteries or something on the airplane i don't know but later the government said that they lied and that, that wasn't the case, and only 221 pounds were batteries. And the other, I can't do the math, the rest of it, <laughs> was, quote, radio accessories and chargers. And when the families of the victims, I call them victims because oh, they were I do not sure. think this was an accident. Um, <laughs> okay. When the families of the victims asked the government what radio accessories and chargers meant, uh, the government would not explain or comment on uh, what that was. No. And they continued to just stay silent on that Do you subject. Think it was Furbies? <laughs> Maybe. But since they're like not willing to talk about it, a lot of people think it might have been contraband or government secrets or weapons. So this could be motive of why a third party government would try to like um what's the word okay okay wait so that kind of contracept yeah no no intercept <laughs> contraception no intercept <laughs> this flight and like take over no because okay so but think also back to the fact that the government also originally lied about it turning around because it didn't want its neighbor like the neighboring countries to know how good its radar was. Mm -hmm. So if the Malaysian government was like doing shady stuff, that would make sense. 
I mean, maybe not even shady because everything the United States does is shady, but yeah. But like if they're doing something that the United States doesn't like or yeah. another country. Yeah. Okay. And so since Am I supposed I'm supposed to be like no, debunking no, no. yours and no, instead I'm like, fine. Ooh, I agree. No, I, you're gonna agree with me because man oh man. Um, but yeah, so there's like a little bit of motive of why the United States might have wanted to hijack this plane. And so one theory is that they are behind the hijacking and they did cyber hijacking. So they hacked into their system and took over the flight. And so obviously they wanted the plane for some reason. So they're not just going to crash it. They're going to land it safely somewhere. (gasps) The nearest American military base was in the Indian Ocean. They have like this island I forget what it's called. It's like Diego something something. But I'm really good at facts. <laughs> Diego something something. Wow. But it's this military base. I'm so glad there was. And so people right. think that the American government hacked into it and landed it safely on this military base <gasps> and took the passengers as prisoners. And there's two eyewitnesses to this theory. There's one from an island near the military base. That said, on that date, that they saw an aircraft with red stripes fly past their island the morning of March 18th. So they report seeing it, but a lot of people are like, but that's not maybe not true because he said it was like low to the ground and it was still a little bit of waste to the military base. Um, But (laughs) others think that the U.S. might have just shot it down because it was coming towards their base and they're like might as well shoot it because there's um okay but if there's no like flight path designated over the base too like that would explain the united states shooting it down because it's an unidentified object coming in and they probably reached out and the hypoxia theory if everyone's incapacitated and no one responds they might have just shot it down and there was this man in Australia who loves Google Maps. I love Google Maps. And when he found out about this, he was determined to try to find the plane through Google Maps. And he okay. did. No. Okay. He did. So all the governments no, of the no, world no. tried to find listen, it, but he found it on Google listen. Maps. So he was on Google Maps and he was putting no, in. Okay, listen wait, okay, to but... me. Then you can argue okay. with me. Listen. Listen. I'm listening. Okay. So he used coordinates from Google Maps near where everyone was searching, found what looks like an airplane. I can show you the pictures later. I want to see the pictures. It legit looks like an airplane. I'll show you right now. And he found it in the Indian Ocean, like south of Round Island, with and it has bullet holes on it. It's in the Indian Ocean. Listen, I'm not done. It has two complete wings, and it has been taken down since he's put out that statement. Like you could used to go find it on Google Maps. Now Google Maps took that down. Like Wait, you can't. It was in the ocean where you saw it. Yeah, I'll show you right okay, now. Yeah, show me these photos. Because this I call BS on because the freaking Google Maps photo of my house has been the same since I was like twelve. And he thinks he's gonna find this freaking airplane that went down like two days before. Don't come for him. You said I, you would defend Australia. Okay, but this guy sounds... Does that not look like an airplane to you? It looks like an airplane, but no. Also, I can freaking Photoshop something better than that, so... 
But why did Google Maps take it down? Maybe it was it's updated. Not... Or maybe no, no, he no. thought they thought they were stupid for even thinking it. So yeah. Oh, that was another thing about mine too, is the whole fact that they were trying to use satellites to look in the ocean. And it's freaking hard because all the waves make it so it's like impossible to see things. Yeah, that's what people argued. But so I So like just that think... could have just been a massive wave. Yeah, question. it could have been. But the fact that Google Maps kind of like took stuff down so you can't just search that anymore is weird to me. But they're like they're updating. Here's the thing. I feel like they mapped the United States and then they've just left that since like 2011 because they've been trapping to, trying to map the rest of the world. So maybe they just updated that little portion. Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so that's Fine. one theory. Fine, okay. And that the American government hacked in. Okay. By cyber, or shot it down, and it's just not telling anyone. Which <sighs> now here's one that, until you got to that stupid Google Maps thing, I was believing. Well, that wasn't like part, like main part of the theory. It's just something that could support it. Okay. Okay. Here's one that's like really good and blew my mind yesterday. So. Is it about? Just by the way, I'm going by like most plausible to like least plausible my last one's a little bit out there is but this also the last one? no 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 this is this is the middle one this is second to last okay but this one's pretty crazy and it got me last night when i was researching oh by the way these are all from like conspiracy theories podcast and then unsolved mystery podcast and oh, then yeah, the podcast shane dawson to. my oh my, my favorite but listen what did Nuh uh. I swear on my life. You're lying. I swear I closed that door. I heard it open, but I thought it was Aaron. I did too at first, <laughs> and then it's still just get up and close it. No, I'm the not. The government's gonna send a Furby in here to listen to us. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, it's an alien. <laughs> Don't. They found out that I know. <laughs> they they're, found out. They're Stop. coming to no. pro anally pro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that. They can kill me. Here's the thing. But I've been listening to freaking demonic podcasts for so long and that's never happened. Why did it happen now? Because the government controls everything. I don't even have Don't come Alexa. for me, please. <laughs> I almost said Obama. I forgot that he's not a president anymore. I wish he was still our president, honestly. <sighs> I wish Well, let's not get into I that. I wish Baby Yoda was our president. Oh my gosh. The country would be in such peace. No, I'm serious. Just go close it. I'm, scared. I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> Please do not subject me to anal probing. See, this is why we need an 18 foot cord. See, I was getting to the good evidence and then that I door know. opened. <gasps> like scared. this is the most plausible evidence that I have. Okay. Or theory. I'm just going go, to I'm going to say it. No, I do not want okay. you to sing a song. Okay, I'm going to repeat it once more, just so... Actually, no. We're going to go on to this theory. I'm just going to say the theory. That the debris that they have found was fabricated. Okay. And that the true location of the flight is still mystery. Like, we still don't know where it is. Okay. Because the debris that's been found and been officially claimed as parts of the flight kind of give us more of, like an idea of where the flight might have crashed. So this theory kind of goes against that and is still saying, like, we don't know where the heck it is. So. Okay. Like, I'm going to just say something really fast. No. 
I'm agreeing with you, actually. No, because think about the fact that they found that piece of the airplane. Let me get into it. No, don't say it. Okay. Don't say it, please. This is like my favorite okay. part where I freaking lost my mind. Okay, so three confirmed pieces were found. Right flapper on, yep. discovered in Reunion Island. Right wing flap, discovered on Pemba Island. And right wing exterior, discovered on Mauritius. So these are all around... I have my own theory now. They're all around like Madagascar. Yeah. Um, what do all of these things have in common, Connor? Wait, okay. Can what I say do they all have in common? Wait, wait, wait. What do they all have in common? <laughs> nope, Can just wait. answer no, me. I know, but I need to say my theory and I don't want to take it. I don't, what if I'm right? I don't want to take away your thunder though. Don't take away my thunder because if you say what I'm going to say, I'm going to be mad. Just answer my questions and then you can tell me if that's what you thought. <laughs> what part... What They're do all they... part of the right wing. Hmm. And what part of the plane, when they crashed, the fr had an accident, what part of the plane was ruined? Can I can't because I'm really upset about it. What part of the plane was ruined in the that right accident? The right wing. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so, is that what you were going to say? Yes. Okay. Because I was going to... I love how you're agreeing with me. I'm winning. <laughs> no, okay, but so the thing about they probably had to replace those pieces because they were broken. <laughs> oh, I will get into that. <laughs> I'm crying. So they just like had those pieces like laying around hmm. from being fixed. Interesting, isn't it? Oh my god. Let me tell you, August 9th, 2012, right wing destroyed. What did they do? They replaced the whole entire wing. So what happens with airplanes when they like get in accidents and stuff? They Explode. send them to airplane boneyards. Or Ooh, when like an airplane goes out of service, they send it to a boneyard where they like disassemble them and use their parts for different things. So the nearest airplane boneyard from Malaysia is Australia. Hmm, interesting. Don't go for the Australians. Oh, listen. Okay, so it's in Australia. And it's... So theorists think that the old wing that was damaged, um, the Malaysian government went, took pieces. So theorists recognize that this would be very hard to do because the pieces are very heavy and, like, setting it in one place so that the current takes it to another. Very complicated, complex thing to do. But possible. Yeah. And the reason the Malaysian government would do this and take these pieces and, like, kind of place them is so that these families could have comfort. Like, Closure. oh, the plane just crashed. Like, yeah, we don't have, like, our family's why, body or but... why or where. But we have parts to know, like, it did indeed crash. It didn't yeah. just disappear. So that's the motive. So a lot of people think that they went to Australia got these pieces and just placed them. Um, another thing that kind of supports are we, are that... Are you saying that Australia willingly gave it to them or did they just go get them? Oh, let me get into this. No. No, it's not against Australia. But I'm... So on these debris pieces, we're going to talk about barnacles. So, oh my gosh, like Squidward? He's tentacles. I know, but you always say barnacles. No, barnacles. Do you not know what barnacles are? No, I know what they are. They're things that grow on the bottom of ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do I know the what The pieces are? that were found had barnacles covering the whole thing. 
evenly. Top, bottom, sides, evenly. Meaning? No, listen. And this would only happen if the whole piece was submerged the whole journey. Yeah. So, like, from when it crashed to where it finished, it would have had to been submerged the whole time. But when they did flotation tests on these pieces, they immediately floated to the top. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean what? What? They took these pieces and did flotation tests to see, like, if they sank or if they floated. They all floated. Okay. Like, obviously, over time, stuff sinks. No, but, yeah. like, initially it floats. And if it's in a current, it's going to stay floating. It's not yeah. going to sink. So that's weird that there's barnacles all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very evenly, which is not, like, a natural occurrence for nature. Okay. So that's weird. Yep. Also, the barnacles that were on the debris pieces grow at temperatures much colder than those of Madagascar. Yep. 10 degrees colder. which is very similar to the water in Australia. Like the temperature, I forget the exact temperature, but temperatures that these barnacles usually grow in is the like temperature of the water in Australia. So theorists just suppose that they got those pieces from the boneyard, submerged them in water, had them kind of like pin them down underwater in Australia for a little while, just so it looked like they had been there for a while. And, like, got barnacles and stuff. And then set them free to float so that they can find them later. So that's, like, a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And, like, I get it. And it makes a lot of sense. But also that's a lot. It's a lot of work. Well, it's a lot of work on, like, such a slim chance that it's going to wash up somewhere where someone's going to know what it is. Yeah. Also, okay, but also, so my point that I was going to bring is like, what is the just like coincidence that the piece that they found happened to have the serial number that attack that identifies that it went to that plane? Exactly. Like that doesn't just happen. No. So another thing. So those are the only three pieces that are like officially confirmed to be from that flight. But on August sixteenth, two thousand seventeen. So not that long ago. Six other pieces were found on the beach of Madagascar that belonged to other parts of the plane, not the right wing. Um, This guy from Malaysia, Raza, I'm pretty sure is his name, um, he was supposed to go pick up the pieces from Madagascar because Madagascar government had possession of it since it was on their land. So he was sent to go retrieve it. What is his title? Like, what is he doing? But he, like... So he was, like, part of the government? Yeah, he was part of the government and was, like, a representative and had very good ties with Madagascar. So they were like, yeah, we'll send you to go get it. Hmm. But he never made it. Because on August 24th, 2017, between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., his rental car was assaulted with heavy artillery and he was assassinated. They don't know who. In Madagascar or in yeah. Malaysia? No, in Madagascar, on his way to go get the pieces. So, hmm. Why? No one knows why. No one knows who was, like, responsible for the assassination. But it's also mm. just really weird that when he's going to go pick up more evidence about the flight, he so just So they just dies. don't get the evidence? No, they don't have it. Madagascar doesn't have it. No, Madagascar has it. Malaysia does So Madagascar is like, oh, we have this evidence to your But they're flight, not but... Sh- sharing it. Why? Because it's their property. That What? 
Yeah. What? Okay. So those pieces are not officially confirmed to be from the flight because Malaysia does not have possession. But then over it's like, these. but what is the point of keeping it? Like, what is that evidence going to do for Madagascar? I don't know. Unless it's like incriminating evidence that they can like hold over Malaysia's head. I don't know, but it's all a little fishy. Was that supposed to be a pun? No, but that was funny. <laughs> Thank you. I totally meant to say that. But yeah, so that's like the biggest theory that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Like, I still don't know where the flight is and why it disappeared. But like the fact that they fabricated that the debris is totally... Literally like a year before... No, what? Six months before it got into an accident with its right wing and all they found is stuff from the right wing. Interesting. <sighs> Super weird, huh? Super weird. Okay. Are you ready for the last theory? Yes, I think this is the one I'm most excited for because... Aliens! Aliens! Okay, I just want to make a disclaimer that I'm not a huge, like, alien believer. Like, I believe in extraterrestrials, but, like, weird alien-looking things, not. Little green men, you don't believe in them? No. But do you, do you think... One? Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, do you think they're just, like, humans? Yes. <gasps> like, more advanced? Yes. Like Jimmy Neutron, how they just have the brains? Oh, I forgot about you. <laughs> yeah. But, but wait, the brain men? Because, okay, wait. There's It's not the movie, but there's an episode oh, of Jimmy the movie Neutron. Where they worship the chicken? No, but that's the little, they're like green slime. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then there's the episode that's like a long episode. It's like an hour long of his TV show. Did you ever watch that? Where he makes a movie with what's-his-face? No. <laughs> okay, but oh. you've seen the TV show. Yeah. So there's one where they get... Wait, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. And they're on the planet, and there's the little brain dudes. <gasps> yes! I remember that. Okay. Okay, yeah. That one's good. That, yeah. Yeah, I think they look exactly like that. Just like the brains, brains with like around. this And they use cord their brain move. stem to just move. Yeah. Not the spinal cord. Not the spinal Well, the spinal cord is... I study neuroscience. I don't anymore. Okay, <laughs> aliens. So this one I got from Shane Dawson because I love him. But it could be the he alien no theory. It can also he will one day. <laughs> it could also be. It's called like the Twitter voicemail theory. Oh, you started to tell me about this yeah. at one point, and I said no. This one's pretty good, though. Yeah. Okay, March 10th, 2014. So two, two days later. Two days after. Okay, so this account by the name of Ty posts a tweet where he basically is like, I'm sitting outside my house in my car, and there's this. it was 3 a.m., and he's like, there's this guy outside of my house hour. taking a picture of my house with the flash on. Took a picture of his house and then ran away. So he's like, that's super like creepy. Creeper. Yeah. March 13th, 2014, three days after that, he posted a voicemail that he received. This voicemail was in the NATO phonetic alphabet code, which is used in military. And it's alpha, like beta. alpha, beta. There's different words that translate to letters. And so basically it was this voicemail of this code and so he translated it using the code, and it translated to danger, SOS. It is dire for you to evacuate by be cautious. They are not human. And then at the end, it included numbers. Um, and then, so there's numbers at the end. You, If you put those numbers into Google Maps, they're uh, coordinates. No. I just got the chills. 
and it's very close. The coordinates are very close to Malaysia, where the flight went offline. Like on the edge of Vietnam, or like towards yeah, the Indian yeah. Ocean. <sighs> so, a creepy message. He didn't really know what to like make of that, and then even creepers. After he tweeted that, he started getting DMs in different languages and even in Morse code. Morse? Um, a DM in Morse code? Yeah, like dot, dot, dot slash. Yeah, no, oh I'm not gosh. kidding. And so one of the ones he got, it was in Indonesian, and it said, end the post you just shared about the recording on your phone. And then the one in Morse code translated to, they are taking over April 18th, 2018. <gasps> it happened. <laughs> no, it didn't. Yes, it did. So that one's like not... I don't know. That one doesn't creep me out as much. Like, it's still weird. And even, like, they interviewed him on this video. And he's like, honestly, I don't think the DMs are super credible. Like, they were bad grammar. So I feel like people were just, like, putting stuff into Google translating and like, trying to, like, scare well. me. Yeah. But he totally admits, he goes, the voicemail was completely real. I did not make it up. Um, I really did get that voicemail. And he's like, I also really saw a guy take a picture in front of my house. Like, he did not make that up at all. Um, so so there's a theory that this was one of the black box recordings. So, like, the black box that's in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. um, it records everything that happens in the plane. Yeah. And it also records last interactions with the plane. So people are like, was this a warning, like, that... The pilot gave the air traffic control before they went offline. And, like, they're just not releasing that part of the, like, yeah. transaction. Um, transaction? Yeah. Like, the trade it off, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, also, flight black boxes record flight information, so that would explain why it gave us coordinates of where they were. Okay. So... Like Connor said, when a pilot's like trading off to a new air control, they say good night, and then the next person's supposed to say good morning. And if you look back into the um, conversations between pilot and air control, because they released that like conversation in the beginning, like the pilot's very calm, normal protocol things that he's saying. Um, but towards the end, before he says good night, he's He's kind of more disturbed and distracted. Like, he uses way more ums, ers, stumbles a lot. Yeah. And even if... This one, like... There's a recording of before he says goodnight. He says goodnight, Malaysia 370. I think that's what he says. Yeah. And before he starts saying goodnight, if you listen super closely, there's, like, a weird noise. <sighs> that sounds, like, inhuman. Wait, I want to hear it. We'll have to go listen to it. Yeah, I'll show you later. But it's like very, it's very quiet, very subtle. But it's like you do hear noise. And then he says, good night, Malaysia, 370. And so people are like, maybe something inhuman was taking over the flight. And he was very startled because it like came into the cockpit. And he like, the entity or thing or alien forced him to go offline. And... So that would also kind of, when you were saying the login thing, so I'm like, yeah. maybe it turned off the power, turned it back on and like logged in and could have hijacked the plane. Or 
what if, let's, okay, taking one, what if the pilot is actually the hero of the story and turned off the power so that they couldn't be, like, logged into? Yeah. <gasps> and so that's why, like, the weird irregularities in the past pattern, like, of them making the weird 180 and going left and right, like, people think maybe there was a struggle. Like, the yeah. pilot was trying to retake over the flight and, and get back to Malaysia. Get back on path. But or back to Malaysia, the closest airport. Yeah, like was trying to just land somewhere safe because something else was trying to take over. That'd be cool. And that could <sighs> even relate to just the cyber hijacking. Like, yeah, the autopilots turned on, and the pilot was like, "Oh shoot!" and was just trying to like get them back. Yeah. So that can be an explanation of why it went kind of crazy. And just one like side note: the guy that posted this tweet had a decent amount of followers. About the... About the voicemail. Okay, yeah. He had, like, thousands of followers before yeah. this. And so there's a theory that, like, maybe someone had this information and wanted to expose it, but they didn't have a following, so they used him to, like, get it out there and oh. make it go viral so people would be more aware of it. Yeah. Just adding on to that, kind of, I kind of made my own theory adding on to that because there's one thing I still haven't mentioned that's a little crazy um damn where is it it's the that one there that was I know but an extra uh, passenger I know okay I knew of the extra passenger but okay. I want to hear what you think so dang it where is it okay two months after this whole so ideal March, ordeal April, happened so in May they are Malaysian government reported that there was an extra passenger that boarded the flight last minute. So they didn't What does that even mean though? They didn't even like when the report came out at first like they didn't include this person. But there was. And I just got the chills again. I don't know. They why. don't really have like information on this person like a name, ethnicity, anything. You what? That's Excuse me. To our knowledge. But what we do know... But an airline is not going to... Because also, this is like post 9-11. So, like, you can't even tell... Because I feel like, yeah, American airports have been bad. But, like, I'm sure yeah. they'd at least have... They probably have information. But the things that I listened to did not have any information on that. Okay. But what we I did find out is that the passenger sat in silence for, and was very peaceful most of the flight. At 1.21 a.m., when all of the things went offline, right before, one minute before, this passenger unbuckled their seatbelt, stood up, and walked towards <gasps> the front of the plane. No. Wait, yes. how do they know this? I don't know. That's what this thing said, though. Yeah, okay. True. I didn't think about that. I don't know how they know that, but at the same time, like they mentioned that there was an extra passenger on the podcast, and they were very official. Yeah, no. Like, I there definitely was... Yeah, they there definitely was an extra passenger. I don't know how they know this information, but the That's fact that mean, one like, minute before like all the things so went much. offline, they went towards the front of the plane. So my theory is that either that person is the one that hijacked the plane, they like took out the circuit breaker, or they just like kind of assaulted the pilot and co-pilot and took over. Um, but kind of my own thing is relating to the Twitter thing, is that it was an alien. Listen, <laughs> I know it's weird, but, like, 
if the guy was like the pilot was freaked out yeah and like was kind of disturbed like yeah that would happen with the human like if a human was trying to get into or an alien that looks like a human or an alien that looked like a human like, but like causing a commotion so he's like um like trying to like like didn't know fly, what to but do. like kind of like what's going on back there yeah but also like the fact that the voicemail said like they're not human okay we need to go back to this voicemail read it to me one more time i know <laughs> do you want to hear it well i want to hear it, but we can't play it like isn't it's that copyright crap danger sos it is dire for you to evacuate. Okay, so right there, that's where I'm confused. Is like, who's speaking? Is it the pilot? No, it's pilot to air control. It's dire for you to evacuate? Like, air, it's dire for air traffic control to evacuate? Well, maybe he's talking to the plane. Like, he's saying this to the plane, but it picked, since it was a black box recording, it just picked up. Oh, so he's saying it, like, to the passengers. Yeah, like we need to evacuate. They're not human. Like, be cautious. Oh, it's danger. It's danger for you to evacuate. Like, it's dire for oh, you. Oh, like me, we need you to need do to. It right now. <gasps> See, in my mind, you said dire, but I was kept hearing danger. No, it's danger, SOS. <sighs> it is dire, dire for, for you, you to evacuate. <gasps> okay, wait. This changes so much because no, the yeah. whole time I'm like thinking, no, no, why? No. I'm like, why are they telling them not to evacuate? <gasps> no, it's no. dire for you to evacuate. So my theory is that this extra passenger was also an extra. It's an terrestrial. I can't talk. <laughs> I tried to be funny, but that did not work. But oh yeah, that it was an extraterrestrial that the pilot was like, I don't know what to do. Like what is happening? And was like, we just need to get GTF out of here. Yeah. And the alien took over the plane. And that could explain, like, why they haven't found it. Like, maybe the aliens just took it up to space. Do you or... think the people got away? No. I think they're either prisoners of the American government or the aliens. <laughs> either way, they're prisoners. I, personally, like, because this is all the information I really have. I'm trying to see if I missed anything. Because I don't think so. Let's see. Oh, I didn't That's see just that. so nuts, though. Okay, so the back to like the post nine eleven thing. Like, you can't tell me that the government doesn't have like a name, an ethnicity. Like, they would have records of that because I feel like everyone in the world was like more cautious about flights after nine eleven. Yeah, I don't think this plane just like crashed. Like, there was just a system failure and it just crashed. Like, there's no way. Because like, how do you lose a freaking plane? You can't. You don't just lose a plane. Like, I feel like a lot of plane crashes happen, but we know about it and we know where it crashed and, like, how it happened. But they don't always happen in the middle of the ocean. I know, but even then, like, the fact that they all went down, like... No, I definitely... I think there was definitely sabotage, but I don't know... It's one of those things where, it's like, it's definitely a conspiracy theory because there's, like, no proof. Like, it could have literally just been the captain... Being like murder suicide. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Which I don't think it is because I feel like, yeah, I don't think he would have done that. Especially after so many years. Because he but loved time, flying, and I feel like yeah, his family left him, but the airline was his family. That's so why true. after losing one family would you want to lose another? That's true. So I don't, I don't know. think the pilot has anything to do with it. Like yeah, it's kind of sketch, like the simulator and stuff, but. I think the most concrete theory is like 
either third-party government got involved and hijacked the plane either physically or cyber hijacking or aliens hijacked the plane. I mean, I want to say it was aliens because aliens are scary. I hate to blame my own government, but we do some sketchy shit. The United States? Yeah. True. Love my country, but also, what? We like to get involved in things where we do not need to. Yes. So, yeah, there it is. Malaysia Flight 370. Well. Was it a crash? Accident? Or aliens. Aliens? Or a cover-up. Cover I feel like a cover... I, okay, out of all those, the cover-up sounds the most interest, like plausible to me. The fact that like Malaysia probably was expanding their military power, and then a country, whether or not, whether or not it was the United States, like interceded and caused the plane crash, and then they had to... They didn't want to come out and say this whatever country shot down the plane, so they had to fake it with the stuff from Australia. Whack. Anyways. Whack. Should we invite our listeners to send us their theories? Do we want to hear what their theories? What they think, yeah. And what they think. I would love to hear Honestly, more do you guys know any like, other information, too? I feel like there's way more out there. I just... I felt like that was enough. To cover. And the most plausible slash fun theories yeah do you guys have any more fun theories that are like smaller send them to us maybe we'll review what's, them what's our email our email i was just looking it up because it's weird and we just made it so our podcast is conspiracies snacks and tinfoil hats um so our email is c-s-t-f-h podcast at gmail.com yes so go ahead if you want to reach out to us and Email us, feel free. Um, our Instagram is also snacks and tinfoil hats. Yes. Um, no spaces. And uh, we also have a Twitter that's super fun. And I forgot about that. You haven't been on it? No. I've been reading lots of stuff on it. It's fun. <laughs> um, but that is, we're also at CSTFHP. What an acronym. CSTFH. Conspiracy snacks and tinfoil hats. And we were supposed to talk about a way to end this because. Goodbye! <laughs> Rock, man! <laughs>